Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready today, we'll be in the book of Genesis, chapter 17, verses 1 through 4. The title of this sermon is, I am the God Almighty, and I will. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. It, it is when we know who God is. See, theology is important. It's very, very important that you get this. The theology of knowing God personally, but knowing his attributes, knowing that he does stand outside of time, that he is all-powerful. When people say, well, God, God is evolving, he's changing, he's going to adapt, and, and he's going to allow gay marriage, and he's going to allow transgender. That's not the God of the Bible. You would know that if you're in the Bible. You would know that. We're not in the Bible. We have pastors now that have their wives as co-pastors. It goes against the Word of God. Plain and simple. They are not supposed to be teaching to a Sunday crowd. It's, it's in Timothy. Paul said it very bluntly. They're not to have authority over. But see, what happens is, is what we want is we want to have that because that's the that's the... The thing of today and if you have any questions about that there's a if you have time there's a 12-part series of about 14 hours worth of teaching from Mike Winger that goes over every verse and not just Timothy but the covering the head covering the whole nine yards and and so can women teach women's ministry yes can they teach children's ministry yes the shepherd, the elder, the one who's supposed to pastor the church is supposed to pastor the church. His wife was not called to co-pastor. She has a list of things that God has called her to be. And so we, 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 it's become a new hot-button topic because we have a lot of female pastors now. And, and so some churches have allowed it, and that's, you know, that's their thing. It's, it, it's, but we believe what the Scripture says. And so there's always a, a hiccup with that. And, and so we, we have to remember, at the end of the day, we, we don't adapt to the world. God doesn't adapt or evolve to the world. The Word of God is not changing. It's inerrant. And, and we live in different times, right? We, we have different things that are being pushed. And, and some of that goes back to the patriarchy. They're trying, that's trying to be destroyed in the culture as well. And so we have to be very careful how we approach these things. But when we understand who God is, there should bring a reverence of worship, of worship. He praised God. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, 
to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable God uh, to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Worship. You present your body as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God. And that is spiritual service of worship. And he goes on and says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. See, true worship is actually valuing and treasuring God above all things. It's, that's, what, that's the heart of worship itself. In John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, it says, But the time has come, and even now has arrived, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and what? Truth. The truth and so when we worship we right worship is is good worship it's pleasing worship it's understanding the truth and who is the truth jesus john 14 6 says jesus said to him i am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me and so if we worship god the god of creation we worship el shaddai we have to be very careful that we're not worshiping a God that has been created by the culture. We don't worship the Joel Osteen God. Okay? I'll just be real. We don't worship the T.D. Jakes God. We don't worship the Steve Harvey God. The Steve Harvey God and Oprah Winfrey's God and Tyler Perry's God is roads lead to heaven all religions. And that's not true because they don't believe in Jesus Christ. So that's the problem, right? If you know he's the way, the truth, and the life, and the rain is pouring down, right? And so, so again, right worship, good worship, pleasing worship leads you to who? Christ. It puts you in the right place as because God is first. Because you're placing his value over everything. And so when we have right worship, then we actually worship correctly. And the way that we, we worship. Now, most of the time, we think of worship as what? Music. Whenever you bring up worship, they think of, oh, it's music. It's not. When we're in God's Word, it's worship. Uh, when we do praise God through music, we, we're worshiping. And so there's other acts of love that we do with our hands and feet. When we serve God and serve others, God is glorified, and, and that is a worship to God in Hebrews chapter 13 verses 15 and 16 it says though him uh, through him then let's continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips praise in his name and do not neglect doing good and sharing for which such with such sacrifices God is pleased so we're doing good we're sharing we're we're worshiping with our lips and the fruit of our of the spirit Love, patience, kindness, gentleness, all that stuff is outpouring. That's all worship. It comes back to the heart of worship. And, and that's what he was talking about in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. As he talked about your body being a living sacrifice. And he, and, and he talked about that being spiritual service of worship. But there's a wrong way to worship too. If we look at Matthew chapter 15, we'll stay there for a little bit. And you can go to verse 1. And we think about the wrong way to worship. It says, Then some of the Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of elders? 
for they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. And he answered and said to them, Why do you yourselves also break the commandment of God for the sake of, uh, of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother, and the one who speaks evil of his father and mother is to be put to death. But you say, Whoever says to his father and mother, Whatever I have that would help you has been given to God. He has not honored his father and mother, and by this you have invalidated the word of God for the sake of tradition. They were taking what belonged to God and not honoring their father and mother, keeping it, saying, well, that's God's. They weren't even helping their own family. You hypocrites, rightly did Isaiah prophesy about you by saying, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. And in vain do they worship me. So there's such a thing as vain worship. You can pretend all day long that you're worshiping him. Teaching his doctrines, the commandments of man. So they were actually teaching the word of God. But they weren't living it. After Jesus called the growl to him, he said to them, Hear and understand. It is not what enters the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles the person. So we see when we look at this, we see that, that they were worshiping only by act, right? They, and Jesus pointed it out to them, like you, you, you have a religion that you're fervent and fire on fire for, but your worship is not genuine. Your worship is not genuine. It's an outward display. Because when I look at your heart, it's just vain worship. It's just vain worship. And so that's what he was dealing with at the time. Amos tells us in Amos chapter 5, verses 21 through 24, it says, I hate, I reject your festivals, nor do I delight in your festive assemblies. Even though you offer up to me burnt offerings and your grain offerings, I will not accept them. I will not even look at, peace, at, at the peace offerings of your fat and oxen. Take away from me the noise of your songs, like, I don't even want to hear you sing. I will not even listen to the sounds of your harps. But let justice roll out like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. God's like, I refused to accept their worship. He despised it. He hated it. And their, their, the, the sound of their harps, the sound of their singing, it repulsed him. Like, I don't want nothing. I don't want to hear it. Just Stop. So God takes worship very seriously. And he takes empty worship, vain worship, even serious, more serious. He's like, don't pretend with me. And so when we think about worship in a God that we've created in our own head, this is why you have to know God and know his word. Because what happens is you're worshiping somebody you created in your head and then you start allowing things to, well, you know, I think God would be okay if I did this one thing. It goes against the word of God. But my God would forgive me. Your God don't want you stepping into it. Right? But that's how we are. We, we create a God. And next thing you know, you go three weeks doing the same thing. And you're continually in sin now. But you're showing up at church. Hands raised. Singing. I, I, I had a guy, and I remember to this day, he would come in. And he would go for, like in front of everybody and go to his knees into the chair face down as to pray like he would walk in when people were in to 
to make sure he was seen. And then he would go into his chair and go face down and start praying. And he'd be there for like 10 minutes. But he was living in sexual morality. It was just a display. It was vain worship. It was vain worship. And when he got exposed, what did he do? Off to another church. Do the same thing. Treated the, treated the church like it was a singles bar. And, and that's the reality. Of, like, we can worship the wrong way. We just got done with Malachi. I remember what happened in Malachi chapter 1, verse 10. It says, if, if only there was one among you who would shut the gates so that you would not kindle fire on my altar for nothing. I'm not pleased with you, says the Lord of armies, nor will I accept an offering from your hand. Remember, the, the, the priests were, were not even following the word of God. And here they are bringing up all these sacrifices that had defects on them. They didn't care. And what were they doing? They were keeping the fatted calves, the good ones, to give to the, the leaders of the city to get favor. It's hypocrisy. This is not how we worship. And, and so we have to be very careful not, not to cheapen worship and have a half-hearted worship. And, and you think you could, you're fooling everybody, but God will eventually expose all of it. All of it. All of it. We found about that guy that was, he slipped up and said it by accident. Been in the church for I don't know how many months. And by accident, when we were in a men's study, he just kind of, whoop. Oh, <laughs> didn't mean to say that. And you're just like, okay. Well, you fooled everybody, but you didn't fool God. Don't cheapen your worship. Don't have vain worship. First Samuel chapter six, 16, verse 7 says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or his height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God does not see as man sees, since man looks at an outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Look at the person's heart. Are they worshiping? Like, is it real? You should know if it's real. It, it, we, we really miss this, and we have to be very careful with the way that we remember God's above everything in our lives. And so if he's above everything in our life and we have an awe and a reverence, then we fall at his face because we understand who he is. Now it says that Abram fell on his face, back to 17 verse 3, and God talked with him saying, so now we see that God spoke. This is not the first time God has spoken. Remember back in Genesis chapter 3 verse 8, he spoke in Adam's disobedience, right? He spoke in Genesis chapter 8 verse 15 to Noah. When he told him to go into the ark. He spoke in Genesis chapter 9 verse 8. When he gave the declaration of the covenant. He also tells Abram in Genesis chapter 12 verse 1. To go tell Abram to leave the country. We'll see when we get to uh, further on. As we get into Genesis. There will be another time he speaks. But we also have him. When he speaks about Abram to Lot. In Genesis 13 verse 14. We also have uh, in um, Genesis 17 verse 3 here where he speaks and then he also speaks to Abimelech in a dream in Genesis chapter 20 verses 3 and 6 and then also concerning a dependent God speaks to Abram to tell him to offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice in 22 verse 1 he tells Jacob to return home in Genesis 31 verse 3 he tells Jacob to dwell at Bethel in, in Genesis 35 verse 1 and then he gives, uh, God speaks to Israel in a vision and tells him to make the journey uh, in Genesis 46, verse 2. And so as we look at verses 4 through 8, you start getting into 
um, a different section of it and, it and it deals with the aspect of the promise now you're going to see that um, most of these promises are not new you'll you'll see there'll be different aspects that are changed here we'll see the name change that's going to happen from abram who's exalted father to his new name abram father of the multitude so you can imagine like it's it's easy for us to look at abram and we're going to do that with peter this weekend how many of us know peter oh peter fell right he denied christ right we we it's easy for us to just to and Abram, you have to understand, every time, and, and, and in this culture, every time somebody comes by, they sit, they eat, they talk. What, your name's Abram? Exalted Father. How many kids do you have? That went on for 24 years. So you can understand, like, I don't excuse the sin, but I look at it and go, they were like, we gotta, we're going to get this thing taken care of. We ain't waiting on God anymore. And they made a mess. But you can see every time he had to say exalted father. And this is the grace of God. Because his new name will be father of a multitude. Abraham. That's the grace of God. And old creation Abram. New creation Abraham. Old creation Simon. New creation Peter. And every time you'll see when Jesus has to speak to Peter. When he's in trouble he calls him what? Simon. You're like oops. He's reminding them of your, hey, Peter, you're acting like the old you. Maybe we should all change, like I have new names, right? New creation, new name, right? And then that way, uh, my wife, I'll, I know when I'm in trouble. So let's say Michael Garrison. And I know if my mom uses Michael Garrison, it's over. It's like, mom, what you need, mom? I'll stop whatever I'm doing because I know I'm in trouble. <laughs> but it's a, it's a reminder, like, but that's what happens in these next few verses we see as for me behold my covenant is with you and you will be the father of the multitude of nation i love that but he says as for me my covenant my it was never about you abram it's always going to be kept by me always by me and and you're going to get a new name you're going to be father of the multitude of nations in first peter chapter 1 verse 5 it says who protected by the power of god through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time it's like our salvation is in whose hands god's i'm thinking should i keep y'all here longer just until the rain stops or should we all try to get out of here when the rain <laughs> or is it going to get worse right so we're almost done here it says no longer shall your your name be called abram but your name shall be abraham so here's the name change for I have made you a father of a multitude of nations. I love that. But it, what, what do you get out of that? For I have. God has. For I have. Like, man, for you to be here on a Wednesday night in the rain, in the flood, not feeling good because the mountain cedar and the stuff is so bad, right? Everybody's kind of got the sniffles, even here at school. Everybody's got, got the sniffles and stuff. But it's, it's a reminder, man, that we belong to God, for I have made you. Like, you're his. You're his child now. You're a new creation in Christ. The old you has passed away. There's a beautiful thing when you think about that, for I have made you. The exalted Father. So what do we need to take from this? This is where we're going to end up tonight. I knew we weren't going to get that far. A couple things. Remember when you look at this verse. You look at this verse, and we'll pick it up in verse 5. Next week, we'll pick up verse 6, and we'll finish the rest of the chapter. 
Um, remember when you look at this, the 13 years of silence. Don't rush through that. Okay? Uh, guilty as charged. First time I read Genesis. I, was, I just was like, okay, I got my reading done. I didn't think about it. I didn't think it was thir I was like, new, new believer. Right? But we need to slow down and, and remember why were the, why was there 13 years of silence because of the, because it was sin, they didn't trust God, they couldn't wait on God, and so they made their own way, and they made a mess. The other thing too is to remember who God is, remember that He is all powerful, that He's all sufficient, that you are unqualified, but you should be unreserved, total surrender to Jesus Christ. And people say, well, why do you, I'm unqualified, man. I couldn't follow God, man. You don't know how my life is. Dude, I'm just as unqualified as you, <laughs> right? I'm unqualified too. But I have totally surrendered my life to Christ. I'm unreserved, meaning that, hey, whatever you need, whatever we go through, whatever trial, whatever afflictions that we have, whatever suffering we have, total surrender to God, unreserved. I'm His. Just remember that. And just remember those names, man. What a beautiful piece of scripture to have. You have El Shaddai and, and you, you have Jehovah. It's just a beautiful Elohim all within these three, these three verses. And it's like knowing God. But man, know God. Know his names intimately. But know his attributes intimately. That he is love, he is mercy, he is grace, he is righteousness, he is just, he is, he is holy. He is holy. And so we surrender all to God. That's what Abram does. And through that, he is correct worship. You still love me, God? But I did, but you still love me. It's not on you. His love never changes for you. It's not based on what you do. Now, he wants you to repent and turn back to him. But he loves you. It's, we have to remember that. And we have to remind people of that. Like, so you don't stay in your sin. You don't have to stay, sit in it. You don't have to sit around for 13 years. How much of your life have you wasted? This promise may have been fulfilled earlier. But how many of us lived a life of sin? And next thing you know, you're 39 years old. And you're wondering, where did the years go? That's what sin does. Sucks the life out of you. Total surrender to him and, and have proper worship. He's asked us to walk before him, to walk after him, to follow him, to walk with him, and to walk in him as we are in union with Christ. And then we are to have just the understanding that we are to be practicing righteousness. The one who practices righteousness is what? Righteous. Is righteous. And proper worship. I love, I, you know, every time I read, it's probably one of the greatest verses in the Bible that Paul wrote, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Because every time I read it, there's something else I always get from it. Every time I open that scripture, but man, think about, like he says, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And, and, and so proper worship is, it's, it's, it's the heart. We worship because we we have right worship, good worship, pleasing worship because we understand who God is and we understand truth. And through that, that's where we actually begin to have the act of worship. 
in the way that we come to service on Sunday ready to worship God in the way that we're ready to be in God's Word every day like Lord what do you want to show me today like before you get into the book about uh, the Bible like Lord I want to be obedient to what because like if you if you just jump into it and you go I don't know if I want to do that you need to pray before you get started Lord show me what it is that you want me to learn and and to have apply that truth in my life before you ever start reading because once you start reading you're gonna be oh i don't want to do that we i mean let's be real we're human that's part of our humanity but part of our worship is through our act of praise and and uh when we worship and and gatherings when we worship together as a church but it's also in the way that we love each other and the way that we uh, through that love that our the fruit of the spirit is poured out and and we sacrifice and we share for each other we're there for each other but there are wrong ways to worship as well and just remember Amos he hated it it was repulsive he was like stop singing because your worship is fake it's almost like John Belushi in Animal House where he just goes up and takes the guitar <laughs> stop right where he smashes the guitar like this it's the wrong worship that's what God like I don't want to hear it well that concludes today's broadcast of Sun Salt and Light Radio we hope that you enjoyed it if you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times you can do all of that at our website uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify Audible TuneIn Radio pretty much wherever you can find a podcast uh, you, you can just type in Sun Salt and Light and you'll find it 